Well, hello and welcome to our New Hope online church experience. We're really enjoying, aren't we, this, this new experience that we have, the opportunity that it's afforded. And so, you know, I'm glad to be coming to you directly instead of you coming to us. And so glad to be in your lounge room or your car or at work or wherever you are. And so good that, that you can join with us tonight um, for our 6pm service. It's good, hey? It's been so good. I want to talk tonight about fear. You know, anywhere I've found myself in the last couple of weeks, people are talking about what's happening. They're talking about the coronavirus. They're talking about, you know, having to self-isolate. People are just talking about, you know, we've never seen a pandemic like this. And I'd have to say I've seen varied responses. I've seen apathy. Some people just don't care. Um, Humour. There's been some great memes out there, right? Great memes. Um, Disbelief. This can't be happening. It's just not not happening. Um, Denial. But overwhelmingly, there's a sense of fear. Wherever I've been, whether it's been at the supermarket or just interacting with people, going about my daily sort of tasks, there's been this overwhelming sort of sense of fear. Now, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? When's it going to end? Do I have it? Will I get it? Will someone I know get it? How will it affect me? How will it affect my family? How will it affect my job? How long will it last? And the biggest question, do I have enough toilet paper? (laughs) Seems to be the fear of most people at the moment. And so a couple of weeks ago, I had the honour of going to Colour Conference in Sydney and And one of the speakers addressed the issue of fear. So I want to actually share some of the insights that I felt that I got from listening to this particular speaker. So the first thing I want to talk about is like, what is fear? What is it? Well, a dictionary tells me that it's an unpleasant feeling triggered by the perception of danger, real or imagined. So fear doesn't have to be based on something that is real. It can actually just be a perception of something that you think might happen. When I was a little girl, like a child, I was convinced that the boogeyman lived under my bed. It's under my bed, which meant that all my actions, once the lights went out, because we all know that the boogeyman does not show up until the lights go out and the adults go to bed, right? So I would lie on my bed and I would think I can't, my arm can't drop down out of my sheets because I used to make my dad tuck me in really tight so my arm wouldn't fall out because we all know that in the middle of the night if your arm falls out, the boogeyman can grab it and pull you underneath the bed to wherever that goes. You had to resist all impulses to go to the bathroom once the lights went out because if your feet hit the floor... He could then grab your ankles and drag you under the bed to wherever he took naughty children. Or so my parents told me. Fear. It's an unpleasant, sometimes paralyzing feeling. It's a natural response. We have a fear response for a reason. It's It's a reaction. It's actually part of who we are. But you can't live there. You can't live there. You can have an initial response, which can be fearful, but you can't live there. And I had a look. I Googled, um, is fear bad for me? And this is what I found. Fear weakens our immune system. This is prolonged fear. This is not just, 
Yeah, this is prolonged fear. If you live in fear, can cause cardiovascular damage, gastrointestinal problems such as ulcers and irritable bowel syndrome. There's a good one. And decreased fertility can lead to an accelerated ageing and even premature death. If you live in fear, it's not good for you. So this is what fear does. Fear tells you to expect the worst. It does. Which goes against everything that we believe as Christ followers. It tells us to expect the worst. It grabs you and convinces you that the worst possible scenario is about to unpack. That's what fear does. So I'll give an example. You're lying in bed at night. You've turned out. This only ever happens to me when Chris is away. But I turn all the lights out and you're kind of reluctant to turn out the last one because, again, we know that that's when the boogeyman comes out. And you hear a noise. Now, we never think, oh, listen to that tree scraping on the window. We never think that. We're convinced in that instant that someone has broken into the house and they're about to burst into our room, right? And they don't have our best interests at heart. They're going to rob us for the whole $13 we have in our wallet, but it will be worth it. So what do we do? What's our response? Well, I'll tell you what mine is. I freeze. Just freeze. And I listen really hard to hear if I can hear it again. Just freeze. Because that's totally rational, right? Someone's about to break in, steal my $13 out of my wallet. And I freeze. You know why? Too many scary movies. Too many scary movies. Because you've got to understand 95%, this is statistically accurate, of our fears never actually happen. 95% of the things that we fear statistically will never happen. So the odds are actually in our favour. They're in our favour. But we live under the weight of the what ifs and the worst case scenarios and we can't afford to stay there. The Bible says in Isaiah 41.10, Don't be afraid, I am with you. Don't tremble with fear, I am your God. I will make you strong as I protect you with my arm and give you victories. That's a great promise of God, right? So fear is telling us to expect the worst, worst possible case scenario. But God says, don't be afraid because I'm with you. And we know that that's true. We know that he never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He's always with us. And he tells us not to fear. So it's okay to have that initial reaction, but we can't live there. The next thing that fear does, it turns you into a control freak. Now we all have a slight amount of control freak in us. Just a slight amount. I have a slight amount in me. I do. Slight. But we try and control everything around us. We try and control what's happening. We become a control freak. We, we you know, we're, we're seeing things at the moment where it's like, I can't do this. I can't go there. I'm going to try and control, protect. And again, that's a natural reaction. But we can't live there. What we need to do is pick up prayer. Because it says in Philippians 4, 6 and 7, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. With thankful hearts, offer up your prayers and requests to God. Then, because you belong to Christ Jesus, God will bless you with peace that no one can completely understand. And this peace will control the way you think and feel. So don't worry about anything, but pray about everything with thankful hearts. You know, it's okay to pray, God, I'm thankful that I'm no longer fearful. 
That's okay. God, I'm thankful that I don't need to fear until you get to the point where you actually believe that. The third thing fear causes you to do is to shrink back. You shrink back. When you're fearful, you, you, you shrink back. So it says in Matthew 25, 24 to 25, the servant who had been given a thousand coins then came in and said, Sir, I know that you are hard to work for. You harvest what you don't plan and gather crops where you haven't scattered seed. I was frightened and I went out and hid your money in the ground. Here is every single coin. And this is about the, the, the servants that were given charge over the master's money when he went away and he gave certain amounts to each one. And, you know, one invested something and got something back and one doubled it. And this guy was fearful. So what did he do? He just hid it. He gave it back. But he actually just shrunk back to what he had and was minimal. Don't let fear rob you. Don't let fear in this current, you know, circumstance, don't let it rob you of your life. Because you know what? The world has need of us right now. The world has need of us. The world has need of some positivity and some faith and some humour and some great memes and some great attitudes about, you know, we will get through this. We can trust God. He's gone before us. He's made a way for us. This, it's going to be okay. That's what the world needs now. There's something inside of us that is actually not inside of everybody else. Some people don't have what we have, this faith, this, this trust, this hope. And the world has need of us now. And so we need to not allow this to, to let us shrink back. The fourth thing that fear does is it misinterprets God's character. Fear misinterprets God's character. It tells us that God's a big meanie and he just wants to smite us. You know that, that line in, in Evan Almighty, he says, oh, no, is it it? No, it's in another movie. But anyway, it's like, oh, smite us, you mighty smiter. And I feel like some people think that's what God is like. He's just up there waiting to, to send some sort of punishment or smack us over the knuckles when we do something wrong. And, it, and when we let fear in, it actually makes us misinterpret what God is like because we know He's not like that. The Bible tells us that perfect love, which is God, casts out all fear. So when we have God's love, we can actually cast out all fear. And we need to know it in our heart. So we need to remind ourselves. You know what Chris spoke about this morning, reminding ourselves about how much God loves us, telling ourselves that God really loves me. He loves me. So we need to remind ourselves that God loves us and believes in us. And not let fear rob us from the true nature of who God is. Because God is amazing and He loves you. And He tells us that we don't need to fear that we can trust Him. They're all the things that, that fear does. Here's the things that we need to do in response. You know, it's easy to say, look, you know, don't be fearful. Don't live there. Here's the things that we need to do in response that will help us with this. There's just three, four. There's just four things. The first thing is this, we have to trust God. Proverbs 3 verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on Him to guide you and He will lead you in every decision that you make. There's not one decision that you are going to make that God's not going to be able to help you in if you trust Him. We need to trust Him in the middle of all this. We need to just trust Him 
completely because there's a lot of opinions out there. And we know that Chris has a great saying about opinions. Opinions are like armpits. Everybody has them. There's nothing special about opinions. And we've seen opinions change in just the short time that we've been in this particular circumstance and they will continue to change. But the one thing that doesn't change is God and our ability to trust Him for that. The second thing, we have to pray. You have to pray. And not just pray, but we have to pray until. You know, we have a saying where you pray until. And you pray until you feel like you've got peace. You pray until you feel like you've said. Now, for some of us, the wordier of us, like me, that can be a lot of words. For some people, it's just a few. But it doesn't matter. You just need to pray until. Philippians 4, 6 says this. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell Him every detail of your life. If you feel that sense of dread, if you feel that sense of fear, if you feel that sense of, I don't know what's going to happen, then that's the time to pray. And we don't have to be religious about it. We just need to have a conversation with God. It says, offering your faithful requests before God with overflowing gratitude, tell Him every detail of your life. Because when we do that, when we pray and when we converse with God and when we allow Him to converse with us, that peace comes upon our heart and we're just convinced that it's actually going to be okay. The third thing we need to do is read and rise. Because when we get into the Word, when we read the promises of God, when we journal church, when we, when we just look at what God has written for us as a bit of a guidebook and we, we take those things into our heart, it causes us to rise. It makes our spirits rise. It lifts our gaze. It does all sorts of things. In Joshua 1, 8, 1, 8 and 9, it says, Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. We hide the promises of God in our heart when we read the Word, when we journal, when we listen to what He's saying, and it causes us to rise. The last thing that we need to do is be positive and faith-filled. There's a lot of negativity out there. Fear has brought a lot of negativity. And so a positive word, we don't have to say, oh, don't worry about anything. But we can say, you know, I'm convinced it's going to be all right. I'm convinced we're going to get through this. I'm convinced if we come together and we support each other and we do the things, you know, we've got a great government who have put restrictions in place so that we can actually stop this where it's at. We're actually doing all that we can do and then we just trust. So we can be positive about that. Faith-filled. I believe God has an answer. I believe God wasn't surprised by this. God's not in heaven going, oh my goodness, the coronavirus. Who saw it coming? I didn't see it coming. What shall we do about this Trinity? What shall we do? He's going, it's going to be okay, people. Get a bit of faith about you. Philippians 4.8 says, So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honourable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising Him always. 
We have so many good things to talk about. We have so many things that we can share that will lift our faith. You know, we have a great faith community where, you know, I would encourage you if you were watching on, online tonight, you know, send your stories in. I'd love to see photos of people sitting at home in their pyjamas, leaning in and, and watching, you know, and joining in online with this experience. Share great things. You know, we've got now the ability with all our um, Facebook groups and Facebook um, experiences and posts and whatever else to actually be able to share some great, encouraging, good stories that lots of people will see. So let's do that. Let's not be the people that let fear overtake us. Let's not let it make us smaller. Let's let us make us bigger and better And I wonder if I might, just in closing, be able to pray for us tonight. Would that be okay? Let's let's close our eyes and bow our heads. Lord, I just thank You. I just thank You for who You are. I thank You that, you know, we can lift our voices. We can pray. Lord, and I, I thank You that as we pray and as we communicate with You, Your Word tells us that there is a peace that passes all understanding that guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And so tonight... Lord, I just pray for any who are, who are watching or listening or present in this particular broadcast, Lord, that if there is a fear there, if, there's just, if they're living in a place of fear, that as we pray tonight, that, that peace would just guard their heart, would just descend upon them. Lord, I thank you for lifting our gaze and lifting our faith that we might see you in this, that we would know that, that all things are possible, that we would know that we are going to be okay, that you have gone before and that you have made a way. And we just thank you, Lord, for who you are in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Everyone said amen.